Are we recording? <laughs> oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. <laughs> Macho. Oh man, that's Vincy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Going, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day as long as you had a sandwich and a net. So we're going to take a break from our regular scheduled podcasts. We actually did try to record another episode on um, the power duration relationship. Just yeah. a section on, um, it's called duty cycle. Duty. <laughs> but yeah. we didn't like the way it sounded, so we uh, are waiting now for Scott to get back from his trip so that we can record it. In the meantime, we're going to talk about outside the box today which I'll have you explain what it is to some people that may not even know. Yeah, uh, so just first off, uh, Outside the Box is uh, is a fitness competition that we host here at Optimum Performance Training. Um, and so, yeah, we're just going to take you through uh, the process of how it got to a point where I started running that competition or we started running that competition and um, and why. So... First off, um, I started competing in CrossFit in 2008, um, 2009, whatever. And then over that time, uh, I, 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 I felt like I'd, I'd done a lot of competitions over my like 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12. And I began kind of, you know, critiquing some competitions. And sometimes I'd critique the competitions in, 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 uh, in good faith. And I would do blog posts. Uh, about it, and one of my most popular, actually the most popular blog post I ever had back at, back at my um, at our old website was about um, it was a breakdown of the 2012 uh, CrossFit regionals, and I just did a like a, a summary of the layout of the competition, the events, um, the design of the events, what I saw were problematic in the design from what my perspective of what fitness testing should be, which is obviously different than what CrossFit or uh, Dave Castro, uh, what, what their definition was at the time. So I did this long post, and uh, su- to my surprise, it was extremely popular. Um, there was a lot of shares of it back in that time, and there was th- like thousands and thousands of page views, and there was a lot of comments, and I got a lot of positive feedback about it. So then I ended up doing um, a review of the 2012 games and similar type of thing. We got lots of views and lots of feedback of people thinking that was quite interesting and my thought process on it was. And then I, I kept doing that. I think I did it for the 2013 Open, uh, the Open events, maybe the regionals. I definitely did it for the games. I continued doing it for the games for 2013, 2014, uh, and, I, and 2015. And I believe my last one I did was 2016, and I was actually paid to write that one for for a website. And uh, yeah, so like that, that's where that's where uh, that's where I started critiquing competitions. But during that initial part, uh, and and when I would talk with my fellow competitors in the early like the late uh, 2008, 9, 10, 11, about the way I thought competition should be uh, done to try to get the fittest person from the competition. And again, this is based on what I believe fitness testing should be. Um, I always had this idea, especially towards 2012-2013, of maybe I should stop complaining so much and try to provide a solution. 
or, or at least try to try to offer people a solution instead of just bitching all the time. So that's, uh, that's what I did um, in, in the idea of starting um, Outside the Box, which was in 2013. So what criteria did you come up with from... Yeah, so we'll get to that. So, um, like, again, coming into that point, um, I, all the competitions I'd done were mainly the Open, CrossFit Open, CrossFit Regionals, CrossFit Games, two times, 2009, 2010. <laughs> in case you were wondering, back-to-back, no big deal. Um, and then I'd done, like, local competitions. And in 2011, 2012, I'd done the Optathlon, uh, which was a competition designed by my brother. And the first one, first, first 2011 was in San Diego, 2012 was in San Diego, uh, and 2013, the one that I did was in uh, Scottsdale. And there was a big difference between the way uh, the competitions I'd done with CrossFit and local CrossFit style competitions and the Optathlon. And so um, I really, and, and like obviously I loved CrossFit, and I always did. I, that's, that's why I criticized it a lot, is because I loved it. Just to interrupt you, yeah. I mean, I don't really think people know what the Optathlon yeah, is. Yeah, I'm going to so. get to that. Okay. Just explain, like, I think the events. It yeah. Was so, again, getting to the point of of deciding, like, what should I include in my competition or what my what my skeleton or layout of a competition would be? And that's, what, that, and that's an important part to me is having a philosophy. And that's the whole point of this podcast is to try to have people understand the outside the box fitness philosophy or testing philosophy and so part of it obviously is driven by crossfit a large part of it Uh, and another part of it is driven by the optathlon and uh, from what i thought were the really big positives from the optathlon and what i thought were the negatives uh and the the first they'll just get the negative of the way the main negative was the lack of variation in the testing knowing that that's the main positive in crossfit and that's what they offer is is the unknown idea, and I think that is honestly the most powerful part of the CrossFit Games. It's the fact that most people are interested each year. It's because it's not the same test. If it was the same test over and over, it wouldn't be as fun, it, it, and everyone knows it wouldn't. Uh, and it wouldn't be you wouldn't tune in to watch it. You wouldn't really care. Like you'd probably still get the same type of people going, but there wouldn't be as much enthusiasm. And that's one of the most. That's really really an important part of fitness. Uh, fitness testing is variation but to what extent is variation acceptable and that's that's where the optathlon idea comes in so the optathlon was based around I think there was six events um, it was all in one day Uh, the first event uh, was a max clean and jerk and it was based on your body weight and that's how it was scored so you had a Sinclair score I think and then the second event was a standing triple jump and that was always the same and the third event was a 500 meter row rest 90 seconds on the rower 500 meter row uh, and then the fourth event was uh, a mixed or type of crossfit event so it was an unknown type of amrap usually something six to twelve minutes that's fast and hard like classic crossfit type movements chest to bar pull-ups thrusters burpees maybe power snatches maybe power cleans like fast stuff that's not like it's not strict ring muscle ups and legless rope climbs uh, the fifth event was an over uh, an overhead reverse uh, toss with a stone. I think it was a five kilogram for guys, maybe. I can't I don't remember. remember the weight. And the sixth event was a three k run, and that those six events were done in that order each year. And I pr- they probably ran it six or seven times. Uh, yeah, six. Yeah, and I believe, to my knowledge, I'm pretty sure I have the highest score of anybody. 
Yeah. Matt, Matt, Matt Springer showed me that score sheet. I think I had the highest score of anyone from 2013. Okay. That was, that was how it all worked out. Yeah, because I, I was there in 2014, so I don't know what your score was. You were there in 2013. That's where I met you in Scottsdale. Uh, I'm pretty sure it yeah. may have been I didn't go in 2014. Okay, then... That was the fifth one then. Yeah, I won sure. that year. So I beat Tom in that competition. <laughs> the only time. <laughs> Tom Tom promptly quit doing optathlon after that year. So did I, but uh, that's the that's here or there. Anyway, so that idea of the optathlon uh, was good. I, I like I like that idea, but the one of the really missing aspects to me, and the in, 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 uh, I would say in the context of missing aspects in that, how are you going to get people to want to keep doing it like over and over and over and over? Um, knowing the population of people you're drawing from, and those are really CrossFitters, um, and and so, so that's where the that's where um, like having the idea of con like of of having variation within like say we had those six tests from the Aptathlon again clean and jerk test one standing long jump row repeats an unknown AMRAP number four number five is the overhead toss number six is the run. Even if you just varied those events somewhat every year, it'd be more interesting. But it wouldn't be as valid year to year test, right? So that's where you got it. You want it, you have to try to balance that. So when uh, the first year, twenty thirteen, uh, outside the box, I don't think I did a presentation. I definitely did a presentation, but I don't think I did a presentation to explain the way I wrote the events or why I wrote them a certain way. In twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen, I did, um, and it, I had five. I had five things that I would write, um, and so uh, I guess the question I would always ask people is, okay, let's say you had one option to test eight billion people. Okay, everyone's in your everyone in the world's in your fitness competition. What's the what's the first thing you're going to select if you only have one chance to try to establish to try to get an idea of who's fitter than someone else? What would you choose? And everyone knew what the answer was. It's running. That's the modality you would select. You wouldn't select wall balls. Side note, they're dumb. Um, you would select running. Running is the choice. It's universal. You, you evolved to do it. That's the selection. Um, and I would probably say some form of running fast. Like you'd probably go, let's run, even just run, run 400 meters for time. One shot. Let's go. And if you had 8 billion people, you'd get a pretty good idea of who's really not fit in there and who's really fit, just from that alone. Um, and this is just on a grand scale, obviously, right? So if you only had one option to test people, that's what that's what I'd select, something like that. And I could be pushed up or down on that distance, maybe 800, 1600, whatever. Um, so that's where it starts with. And I'm like, okay, so what happens if you have two tests now? What would you pick then if you had two tests? Um, and now you think of the population being, you know, a little more competent and they work out. So I'd still go with running fast, some variation of that. And I'd probably pick something um, in terms of lifting and probably lifting like that's slow and a little bit like not, not, not. And, and what I mean by slow is like something that's grindy and heavy um, and it's lower skill in general. So like a deadlift, that's where that came from. And um, and if you had a third thing that you were to pick, and you're like, what's another thing we could add to that? If we only had those three tests now, that was all we got to test these people. Now what are we going to add to that? And I believe at the time, my suggestion was, well, we should probably do some type of fatigue repeatability test because that's a really good way to establish work capacity, pacing, recovery. 
just that type of test alone. So fatigue repeatability, meaning that you work for two, three, or four, or five sets, potentially. Um, so it could be like, uh, so like, so like from the optathlon, uh, where you would do a 500 meter row, 90 second rest, 500 meter row. That's a fatigue repeatability. Where the key is, you have to know yourself in and out to get the best type of scores in those events. Uh, and later, we'll get Jason to tell you a story about <laughs> what from 20, uh, 2015 when he how he did on uh, one of the events like that. Um, and again, I, I'm saying this is the order I had, but I honestly can't remember. But I'm pretty sure that was the first three. Was like, okay, there has to be an event where you have to run fast. There has to be an event where you have to lift something heavy. So run fast, lift slow is what I called it, uh, and fatigue repeatability. And if you had a fourth one, now what are you doing? Then I would probably go, okay, well, we're probably going to add in some type of CrossFit specific, weird CrossFit mixed unknown event. Okay. Now, what if you have a fifth one? Then I'd probably go, well, we should probably have a run event that's slower and longer. Okay. And what about a sixth event? Then we probably want to have an event where you lift fast as well. So by lifting fast, it means like something to do with weightlifting, snatch, clean and jerk. So it's not a slow grinding movement. There's much more skill involved so if you're talking about on a global scale like that's not the first pick you have is snatching you would probably go well let's see how how much how heavy people can push a sled across a uh, across a street if you were to pick like a really general test because you want something really really uh, low skill if you're gonna if you're gonna think of something um that's gonna be applicable like running it's gotta be really low skill so the late down the list i would go all right well let's pick something a little more higher skill to try if we have all these options now um, to try to separate who's actually fittest, and then it just and then it just continues from there, and then the next one would be probably like um, I think I, I think I had like what is it another like oh yeah jumping yeah I think I added jumping as fi- the, the sixth or seventh point because um, I just think a jumping event there's lots of ways to do those um, and it, there's just it's just a it's a really good skill um, and they always end up being kind of the most fun events to do. Um, they always seem kind of random when you do it, especially when we do the run in hurdle jump one, but they're always very fun by the end because the hurdle, the, the rope keeps getting higher and it gets really interesting. Um, and then not until 2016 that I add the last one, uh, which was skill. I added that specifically because I felt like that was missing from the outside the box competition was a, uh, was it, was an event specifically designed. So they were specifically skill events. And that's it. And and the event and for example, the very first skill event we ever did was the first event in 2016, and it was a you had to accumulate 60 seconds of freestanding handstand holds, and it has and it had to be done in a minimum of five seconds per section, and you couldn't move. Like that was the first skill event we did, ever. And that's what I mean. So it's a skill event. That's it. And it was combined with that 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 event was combined with a swimming event, I believe, and that was the two scores. No, oh, and there was an LSIT. So those those three scores counted together in 2016 for your skill score. Um, yeah. So now the template, for example, for this year is there'll be an event that's that follows the theme of run fast and run slow. There'll be an event that follows the theme of lift fast, lift slow. Um, there'll be a jumping type event. There'll be a fatigue repeatability event. There'll be a CrossFit type event, probably two of those. And there'll be a skill you'll have a skill score as well so is that the right number like is that the right number of tests great question 
Um, so that was another part of my little notes I had here was, uh, and this is this goes back to the point of, okay, so back in 2013, um, I'm thinking, okay, so the, w one of my criticisms of the CrossFit regionals, the CrossFit Games, like, was that um, I, I just felt like they were including, like some events were included that weren't predictive, right? So they didn't, have, they didn't cover a lot of ground in terms of assessing your fitness. So what I meant by that is that I feel like, um, and they, the CrossFit Games can kind of, could kind of get away with it because they would do 12, 14, 15 tests, right? So, but that also just shows the imprecision of the testing. The fact that you have to do so many mm. because it's imprecise. If it was extremely precise, you would do how many tests? One. You were like, let's figure out how many red blood cells you have in your blood. Done. <laughs> but fitness isn't like that. And it's very broad and you have to test it. But to me, the idea is you shouldn't need, you shouldn't be pushing towards more tests. You should be finding a way to have less and have them make more sense. But when you think of it in that light of going, uh, what I call predictive fitness testing is then you, you, you want to, you want to kind of knock off the big stones that are going to cover like, like maybe you could have three tests that cover 80% of your fitness, like an 80, 20 type rule. And the other six are covering the next 20. It's like, maybe maybe that's not that good. Maybe we should try to find a way to make like, uh, make those other tests a little bit more important. You know what I mean? So like at the games, I mean, do you feel there's too many similar similarities between events sometimes as in maybe they're testing the same thing again? Yeah. Within the same For five sure. days. They, they or absolutely whatever. are. And I don't want to get off on a topic on this because yeah. it's just too much, but let's just quickly go to 20, uh, 2017 games. I believe the first event they ever did there was a, was a 45 Amanda, mm -hmm. right? And I believe the next day they had, um, well, they had the thruster event with the same weight, 135 mm -hmm. for that. And then the next day they had an overhead squat event with 155 for the men. Why? Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not getting it. And they had a max snatch that year. Like, I'm like, okay. But, and again, the, the it, this, this is totally beside the point, right? The fittest person still won. Like, Matt Frazier won. But why did you need those events? Like, why were they all there? Yeah. Right? Like, what what was so special about having squat snatches at 135 and then overhead squats at 155 and then having thrusters at 135 and then having a max snatch and mm -hmm. then having double kettlebell overhead walking lunges? I'm like, do you not, like, these are all similar. They all have similar characteristics to them in overhead positioning and overhead lockout. So maybe that is what you're looking for is the overhead mobility. Like that is what you're actually really trying to get at. And you're trying to get at squatting endurance. So what, like, I, I, that, this, this is why I mean we can't go on this tangent because right. it just goes too long, but that's just my opinion. And I just think those, 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 some of those tests become redundant. You're like, you can pick one of those out of there. Like put the overhead, put the rope climb skier overhead squat in or put Amanda in. Pick one, put one in, not both. Because there's other things you didn't do, right? You didn't, there's other things you didn't test. But you did those. You did all those events. And it's just, it, maybe it was just because of the first year, but it's also uncommon for them to use the same weight in repetitive events. Yeah, I would, I would take a look at the, the placings on all that and see if there's any variations in it, though, because there's more than just everyone placed the same. Yeah. And also with the way Obviously, that, the events are different, yeah. right? But, and then also looking at the, the sporting aspect, you need a X amount of tests to because like, the, the sport of CrossFit isn't just on the floor. There's a lot of it goes into how you recover, how you prepare. Yeah. Like, it's it's not entirely just predictive mm -hmm. fitness testing. 
it's not it's a no. very it's a different beast and even with outside the box it isn't it's not like some of the events are meant to be like they're meant to be fun and meant to be enjoyable and meant to be varied but they're meant but they're also going to follow this philosophy every year and they will again this year and they did in the previous year we did and i could take you through them all if you want to like just just the way it goes we always do it um but the, yeah. I, another thing would be to look at sorry but um were there any tests at the at the games where like the the two clearly the fittest people ever did not place well and be like yeah, are those yeah, but are those are those relevant yeah. and yeah they are they are because <laughs> that speaks to a deficiency right like yeah. you should be able to do this and that was always a problem for rich and he should have got punished for that and he deserved he deserved to be um and then remember the year sam briggs won in 2013 Everyone knew what her problem was, is her overhead positioning and her strength. And like, and then she got cut in the 2014 regionals because of the handstand walk. But I still don't think she should have got cut from regionals because of the handstand walk. But that also goes to show that everyone else, everyone else managed to do it because they can perform on the day and whatever. Um, but the handstand walk just exposed a big problem for her. And it's just the fact that it was one whole event, right? Now next year she came back, and or was she gone the next year? I can't remember. But either way, that's just something where I go, the handstand walk isn't worthy of one event. It just isn't. Like, it's not worthy of one of, was there seven events at regional that year? It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not worthy of that. But it's it's put in there to punish it, punish you if you don't have it. Yeah. And, I mean, that that would make it relevant because, yeah. I mean, they didn't make it. Yeah. it, it should It should, be, like, that's in the, the sport. Mm. There has to be some kind of, I know, like, you can always have justifications for CrossFit because yeah. they don't have a philosophy. <laughs> Right? Yeah, because they could, well they, could, they could because they could always say that like, yeah. well, we just punished you, but what was it yeah. punished based on? Yeah. Constantly varied function moves. Okay, but any any argument someone puts up, they can say that to you. So you're like, so what is it? But if you if you actually look at what Dave does, there is somewhat consistency to it, right? Like every year at the game, there's usually three or four running based mm-hmm. events. Like almost to almost every year, there's at least three. And for the longest time, Sunday morning was always a running based event. But this is what I mean. We can't get on this topic because it'll just keep going. Well, then if we look at the what <laughs> what your the predictive fitness testing is, it's like it's not just running. No. Because if you put the deadlift but in there. But if we're going to have a running event, it's, it's yeah. going to be running. Yeah. Because I think running is worthy of its own event because it's that important. And there's a weightlifting event that's only going to be weightlifting, nothing else, mm-hmm. because it's that important. And there's going to be a deadlift, strongman, or grunty type event where it's literally just those things because I think those are important things. If you can't lift heavy, slow stuff, that like that is going to show up in lots of other places if you don't have that ability. Like so, for example, like the, if you can't deadlift a lot of mm-hmm. weight, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. Like that's a big problem. And it's one of those things that where and what I mean by predictive is it if you improve that test, your fitness around the board probably improved. If you improved your clean and jerk, your fitness scores across the board probably improved. If you improve your deadlift, everything probably improved. Okay, if you improve like some random games workout, it make it might have no bearing on your overall performance. I, I obviously, that, obviously I agree really, with you. And that's what I mean. Yeah. That's good. I, 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 so, so that's what it's getting at. And there's just so I don't lose track here. Oh. <laughs> but remember that. Um, so okay. this is the notes I had uh, from back in the day. So the idea was with the predictive fitness testing. This is what I called it myself. Just try to sound fancy. Um, so the idea is you cannot possibly test everything in the span of two to three days. You can't. It's impossible. You can't come up with every variation because the philosophy of CrossFit is constant variable function movement. So it's an, basically an infinite possibilities of 
events. You can't possibly exhaust that. So you have to knowingly omit things. You have to knowingly cut things out and just stop it. You got to go, okay, why do we have this in here? Like, this is not that important. Like, why is this section in here? Um, and I'm not saying that's done. I'm just saying this is the way I think of it. Um, so my idea was you need to isolate the characteristics of the best and most predictive tests. Random invariance has its place, but it should not be the driving idea behind your testing or the testing design. Okay? So it, to me, it was always like, it's like the salt on the meal. It's like, yeah, it's important, but it's not the entire thing. It's just, it just adds a, a bit of life to the meal. And that's what you're trying to do. Like, that's what the variance should be doing is adding life to the tests and adding life to the philosophy. It shouldn't be the philosophy. Okay? And that was the driving, that was, that's the real idea behind outside the box. Can I add something? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, so, so, so but, just, but then adding, if you go back in the other direction, you look at the optathlon, yeah. like you can train specifically for the optathlon. Yeah. You don't have to train outside of any of those events. Mm -hmm. If that's what, if that was your goal. So there's then, only one event that you don't know. Yeah. But yeah. if it, if you, I'll, but the idea behind the optathlon is that if you literally just train for those tests, you're going to get fitter at everything. You're going to get fitter. And then, but the, that was the, the idea there. And it, I don't and, know and how honestly it's not, it's not that wrong. Yeah. The only, there's a couple, if you look back at it now, I change a couple things, but it's really not that wrong. No, I, I, like there's go back to the, the deadlift. If you, if better at deadlift, you're going to be better at everything. If you're better at running, you're going to be better at everything. There's there's no doubt about that. But just as, to, a, to a certain extent, yes, I, I know yeah, what you're saying, yeah. but to a certain extent, yeah. But with the idea of predictive um, testing, like as soon as you put swimming in there, right, all of a sudden that ex excludes someone from being fit. So there is an exclusion factor in there as well. Yeah. I mean, and that you can just, that's a, a very simple example, but you can take a look at handstand walking as the same thing. And that, I think I'm just reading, mind reading here. Why would you put skill in? And it was, so the skill events were the, were the last edition. Yeah. But why would you put them in at all? Because I, well, first off, I'll just go through it. So the skill events were the last edition, but I also thought that adaptability to new scenarios that are specifically trainable was important as a, as a, as a testing skill. So um, basically like in, in CrossFit never did it like this, but if they put a novel task in that was really novel, Rich Froning always did well on it. He just did like, he just, he could just figure it out and did it. And it doesn't matter what the scenario was. And it could be a skill of having to lift in a new scenario. Like I think the first time they ever did max effort weightlifting after an AMRAP was the open, wasn't it? Yeah like that whatever 10 minute AMRAP of toes to bar deadlifts and power snatch. And then they did a one rep max clean and jerk and he hit like 95% of his max clean and jerk. And people were like, holy shit balls. <laughs> um, but like that there would be a skill in of itself is trying is learning how to lift that type of weight in that scenario. But that's not the way I, I just took the idea of being able to perform a movement or being able to perform a certain type of, uh, uh, I guess again, this is, I don't want to use the word skill, but use a, perform a certain modality uh, in an isolated fashion, and but then make it not make it somewhat different every year. But also, we, we would this is also the event we would release ahead of time. We'd also we'd always release it ahead of time, and you could train for it. And it'd be like, but the thing is, is you, if you like, you need time to get better at it, and it's something you could practice. And it was just an additional aspect where we would fit all these things in together. So. And what I'm saying is that we had a swim event in 20 in all those other years, and we would have again this year, but um, COVID. 
So we would have had a swim event, and so this was the first year. We had a swim event, an LSIT event, and a handstand hold event. The swim event was worth 50% of the total skill score. The other 50% came from the LSIT and the handstand. And to me, it was just an, it was an extra separation between people because there was over the years in watching it, you would have people that would finish close to someone. So, for example, you'd have girls finish close to Alex, but Alex will mangle them in those other skill events because Alex can do everything, okay? Um, and it'd be just like something else too where you could have two guys that finish somewhat close together on all these CrossFit or like more traditional type tests. But when you add in specific components of finesse, and you ask for that, and you ask for it to be performed on demand, then you're going to start seeing differences in people. And I just thought that that performance precision aspect of of the competition was missing, and that's where I added it in. So yeah. just a little sprinkling of CrossFit. On so top. basically, there's three. Yeah. So basically, there, there's three events in that one year that made up one event because I didn't think it was that important. So swimming, LSIT, and handstand hold, three separate events, were equal to a, a one jump event, and I thought that was appropriate. As opposed to having those each be one event, which I think is inappropriate. Do you think? Oh shit! There, do you think there's because it's evolved from the original conception? Do you think there's any area where you're going to be that you you there's room for still more evolution, more refinement? Yeah. Um, so I think the 2017 uh, outside the box was the first year. 2017 maybe or 2018 I think 2018 maybe was the first year we ever did we didn't do a deadlift right and we switched to a strongman event I think it was the first year remember we did like the remember we did like the farmer carry uh, sled push sandbag clean and then sandbag carry sandbag clean sled push farmer carry or was it anyway something like that yeah it was and that, it with the sled push that Started favored tom because tom can't deadlift um yeah but like <laughs> but it, yeah so anyway but that's just to a point of like that that's how that's how we change it and i do think that was an that was a good change mm-hmm. only from the standpoint of i don't actually like thinking about it i don't like the idea of having people to have to be have to max out deadlifts mm-hmm. in training all year long that was the idea so and that also fits into another part of it in the way to way the competition was designed is the testing so the competition dictates the training for the athletes athletes that run marathons run longer distance athletes that run 400s train differently so if you're trying to design a competition you should be thinking of in a way of how do i want people training for my competition okay so when i tell people there's never going to be rebounding box jumps that's not going to happen so you don't need to train for it so just take them out you can stop it there's never going to be ghd sit-ups so you don't need them unless you're going to use them for some other reason. And there's never going to be this. There's never going to be that. Like people can start knowing things and, sh- and start crafting their training a little better so they don't have to spend their time on garbage. And I would, I would, I just tell you, bo- 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 like rebounding box jumps are garbage. And every competition should just go, we're not doing them. We're never doing them. You don't need to worry about training for them. Stop training for them. But that's only going to occur if the competitions agree that the testing is not going to have them. Because otherwise, people are going to train for them because they think they might need to be ready for it. You see what I mean? So that's what I mean by the idea of potentially keep getting the deadlift out of it just long term. Because I don't really want people having to max it out all the time. Because I just don't think it's healthy. Like if I'm going to pick, if I'm going to pick one thing to max it, I'd pick snatch and clean and jerk versus deadlifting. But you still want to be good at deadlifting because it's still going to lend itself well to like heavy sled pushes, 
lend itself well to sand bay cleans, carries, farmer carries, all that stuff. How uh, do you come up with the events? What's your process? Well, it starts with those, my template right here. Yeah, not just that, but like more so the specifics. So like there's lot there's lots of stuff, right? So um, every year, the like the fatigue, repeat, the fatigue repeatability event, the fatigue repeatability event could show up as the running event. It could show up as a CrossFit event and it could show up as in different variations, right? So I just take that concept of a fatigue repeatability, but it doesn't know, I don't know where it's going to be. Like I just, I, I, I adapt it. And obviously we don't have a lot, we have zero resources here. That's another thing to remember. We're designing this and running these competitions, which I think are very good tests on basically zero dollars because we're just not investing money into it. Um, so we use the landscapes around us and we use the idea of just having one division of people um, of like one male division, one female division. Um, and that and just getting the best possible testing for those people. So um, like, how do I come up with the tests right now? I run. And when I run, I think of things and you got to remember, I've literally probably written a million workouts in my life. <laughs> so, so like, I know, like I have a good idea of how tests go together. Um, like I could write an outside the box competition in 30 minutes because I know what I'm following, but I, but it takes me months to write a great one. And then myself and Scott and Jason beat it around and think about it. Um, like in, for example, Jason talked me down on one of the, one of the events last week. <laughs> He's like, really? You want to do that? I'm like, yeah, maybe you're right. So anyway, but that's, uh, that's, that's how it goes. That's how it went in 2018. That's how it went in 2017. We just chat about the events and whatnot. And, um, yeah. And usually I get people that don't live here and that aren't, or people that are not doing the competition to test them out for me. Test out some events. Some events I never test out because I just know right away when I write it. I'm like, this is perfect. And like Jason did the the fatigue repeatability event. Jason did. I never tested anybody. I don't. No, I, I did. I did on that one. Um, for which this is a previous year. Yeah, from 2015. Jason will tell you about that little story he had. Yeah, and that was the year. It. That was the year. Uh, I, you weren't in the same heat as Brent. Yeah, I was. Were you? Yeah, he had heat? me on video. Why right though? Oh, him. because you did good on the jerk. Because the yeah, okay, what, why were you in the first? Uh, no, no, because yeah, okay. So fr so Friday, I didn't know you were that fr fit. Friday, so the Friday events for Jason were the jerk, and they needed a clean complex, and he did a sled event. So that's why he would have been in the top heat, and then yeah. and then he left the top that, heat. That, that was that was <laughs> that was his last time there. Yeah, that was that was ugly. So what was it? Two minute two thirty AMRAP. Two thirty. It was pull up. Two thirty minute AMRAP. It was chest to bar. Twenty one chest to bar, and then. Kettlebell thrusters? 15 kettlebell thrusters and at then, 24 kg per arm for you, yeah. 16 kg for women. Yeah, and then power cleans at 155. And then, oh, no, and, oh, yeah, yeah nine, nine power cleans nine, at and 155 and the remaining time over, lateral over burpees. Yeah, yeah, and this was, this was... And then it was 230 rest and go again. Yeah, this was back when <clears throat> all I did was CrossFit and I had no perspective outside of the tests that were very common in crossfit so when you do think of it as like just doing the worst fran you could ever do and then doing it again and i had no idea about pacing i was just pedal the do metal you remember how many burpees you got in the first one like nine nine or i think i was a few off brent you got bur yeah well sorry you must have got more now. i remember brent got like 30 something burpees in the yeah. first one and got like 15 or 10 yeah. in the second one i was trying like, to that was the first time i'd actually seen him be a little tired yeah, yeah. i was trying to keep up with him and then i I was, I had no, I had no, I, for 
<laughs> I had no reference of what was about to happen to me. At the time, I think my max power clean was like 315 or something like that. So 155 was less than 50%. And I failed them. <laughs> one, one, one of the legendary reps is Jason. Was so, and people that know Jason will laugh. He started to do a power clean and just did a deadlift and dropped the bar. <laughs> dropped the bar. I was it's so only, It's only 155. Gone. So far gone. And at the time, he could probably deadlift 600. Yeah. I was, so, I was so far gone. But it was just a learning And then you experience. went outside and puked. I vomited for a good 20 minutes straight. That kind of messed up the rest of the competition for me. Cause, that was cause so was, good. Because there was an 800-meter sprint after that. Followed, Later followed in the by, day? Followed yeah, by fo- a 40-minute AMRAP? Fo- yeah. In and, snow? In snow. <laughs> and that's when I learned about perceived effort. <laughs> And, rever- and reverse I, bear crawl. I couldn't. I literally could not even crawl or or do a rushing kettlebell swing at 16 kilos. Yeah, that's classic stuff. Um, so to your so to one of Jason's questions was about like how would it evolve again? Um, like one of the things that we are constrained on here, and it's just based on equipment. That's it. Is uh, we don't we don't do a lot of upper body stuff uh, with gymnastics, and it's just partially to do with my own bias and that. Uh, I know the level of the average person coming to our competition, so I'm not designing it based on. I'm not designing it with the idea of we're here. We're not here to showcase people. We're here to test them. Like I'm literally here. The idea of like let's have everyone partake in these tests. So, like, why do I need to have an event with with legless rope climbs that's going to exclude some people when I know the best person's still going to beat them on chest of our pull ups? They're still going to beat them if it's designed correctly. Yeah, and, that, you- and, that, and that's my whole point. It's like. I design it as an inclusive competition with certain certain things that will exclude people, but I won't. I, they're not going to be excluded by the design. Their fitness will exclude them. Yeah, I would take a just just a, a criticism without knowing. Like, yeah, if I didn't know what went into it, the morphology of the fittest CrossFit athletes is different from the morphology of the people who are the fittest outside the box generally. And we've had that year after year where people can come and they, if people come and compete and Tom would be a great example, right? Mm-hmm. Even in the years where Tom, like in 20, 2016, he should have beat, he should have beat Gibby. Sorry, Gibby, love you. Um, but Tom, <laughs> Tom screwed up on a hurdle jump event. Um, and that's what cost him it. But at the same time, Tom, Tom, like Tom wouldn't compete with Gibby in the open. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, cause Gibby's just better at that shit. He just was. And even though there's similar body structures, now it'd probably be different now. Sorry, Gibby. Um, but still, like that was the idea. Where and and uh, and even at the time with um, with Fakowski, mm-hmm. right? Like that was before Brent like really, really made it big in CrossFit. But there's also he, he Brent would tell you there's obviously limitations, but our competition re- didn't really ex- wouldn't expose that in him to the same extent. But it did in the deadlift. Like mm-hmm. in twenty fourteen, he was like, Shit, I didn't do very well in the deadlifts event in a competition of like 20 guys from Canada West, I think he finished like seventh or eighth. Right. And he's like, shit, but that should be the problem. Like versus if we had a deadlift event that was 21, 15, nine, three, 15 deadlifts and burpees, Brent could win that event, but he shouldn't win that event. Mm-hmm. He should, he shouldn't do well in that event because it should be a problem for him. Uh, and that's what I mean by designing the test appropriately. Um, anyway, but that was back in that time. Um, yeah, what else did I have to say? I think that's pretty much that's pretty much it for to explain it. I'm not sure if you had any other points. No, oh, actually, just one one quick one. If we're 
just looking at the results because you can never you you'd never a hundred percent but you're able to look back uh-huh. and see the differences yeah if we used last year a substitute for the deadlift event and someone who was not the best deadlifter let's yeah. say or ends up winning it is that a good substitute for that that kind of test yeah and, that, and, and as soon as i said the brent example I was thinking about how Brent would have won the 2018 strongman event, yeah. but he wouldn't have won a deadlift. Even that year, he wouldn't, because mm-hmm. there's guys that would deadlift more than him. Um, but that, and that's what I mean, where I'm like, there's there's got to be more to it than than just the deadlift. Um, but I, but, but tried, even even if we just went back to just doing deadlifting, I think that would still be appropriate. Yeah, but we also tried the um, deadlift speed ladder yeah. thing, and that wasn't very predictable. That either. wasn't good. No. Wasn't that was actually that wasn't a good, that wasn't designed well enough. Yeah. Where there literally just wasn't enough reps. Yeah, it, it needed to be more to slow it down, um. So so that so that it would it would, it would just be better. Um. But that just wasn't a good event anyway. Yeah. But like that's so if we get away from the the fundamental of the heavy deadlift. What really dragged me? What dragged me down that way was it being varied. Mm-hmm. See, like that's what made the test bad, was me trying to make it varied. Mm-hmm. And if I lit and like this, but then you go back to the example, let's just go back to a max deadlift. It's a better test, mm-hmm. but I don't really want people having to train for that specifically. And I don't think people actually want to do that event over and over and over and over and over. No, they don't. Everyone wants to max the clean and jerk and snatch. Yeah. And, but and I, even with saying, that, they still want to do it a different way. But what using like a somewhat predictive model, what would have the same outcome? Like what would being really good at deadlifts give you an advantage in in outside the box like what would it give you i uh depending on your body weight like mm-hmm. again like what would it give you an advantage on in other events you mean yeah but it, so if we're yeah if we're not using that i would test. just say it like i would say like so you have someone that can't lift a lot of weight right they're, let's say they're really they, they're weak at the deadlift potentially and like their their spine just doesn't look good on a deadlift there's no chance that person's good at any form of strongman stuff mm-hmm. they're just not they're not going to be rigid and if you can't be rigid, you're not going to be strong in those events. So we basically substituted kind of a, you have to be strong enough and then we're going to add to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And again, I'm still not, and this is where we say like, this is just my idea of it, of yeah. it being oh, yeah. that way. Um, but that, that's what, that's what it started with. Right. Um, and like, you just think of the evolution. Okay. Right. So I compete in CrossFit all the time. I compete in optathlon. In my mind, I I mold a better version of them together. In my mind, again on zero dollars, <laughs> and I think over the years, if you'd looked at some of the tests, we've come up with some really good tests, um, really good, and um, and now I'm part of the IF three, and what does IF three do? Six categories, various tests every single time. Now I didn't come up with that, but that's what it is. It's six tests and it's various tests. The variation of the test is will change every year. Again, I didn't come up with that, but that look that sounds a lot like outside the box and what the philosophy is, right? So maybe to end on that, outside the box is uh, the whole point of this podcast was to have it uh, to describe the philosophy with the fitness testing and the testing design of outside the box. It's based on a mold of uh, me competing in CrossFit and the Optathlon from 2009, 10, 11, 12. And me also coming up with the idea I should stop complaining and start trying to provide a solution. 
and thinking of what are the most predictive modalities, what are the most predictive types of tests to include in a fitness competition, and distilling that down to run fast and slow, lift fast and slow, jump, fatigue repeatability, CrossFit, skill. Thanks for tuning in. If you like the episode and know someone else that will, please share it with them as it helps to grow our reach. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a review wherever you listen. For questions about topics covered on the show or topics we haven't covered yet, send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com. We do read the emails and have some topics that were submitted by listeners and we plan to cover them in the near future. You can follow at optimum underscore performance underscore training on Instagram to find out when new episodes are available. And last but not least, if you guys are in Calgary, come by and check out the gym. We offer individual design as well as personal training for those close by. If you live far, head over to optimumperformancecalgary.com to get information on remote coaching and athlete camps. Catch you guys in two weeks.